Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the Healing Circle Podcast. I'm Kobe. There can be miracles when you believe. You know that song? It's from, like, the, the greatest. Like, if we have the debate about great didn't, Disney soundtracks or whatever, obviously Whitney, Prince Whitney of Houston Egypt. sang that. Yes. Wait, wait, did she? Yes, she did. Oh. It was Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey, wasn't Prince it? Prince of Egypt has the greatest soundtrack of any children's movie of all time. For it's sure. goaded. And that speaking and of things that are goaded, my wife's book comes out in April of 2023. If you were trying to figure out, like, oh, what kind of book is it, Kyle? Like, what am I going to feel when I read it? It is the written representation of the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. You're never going to read anything better. You know, Hercules <laughs> will come along, trash. Aladdin will come along, trash. Lion King, I, it's okay, but it's not Prince of Egypt. That's what her book is. So I got, go ahead, babe. I just wanted to make sure that we, Thank you, we have that important Listen, I, I'm in a place in my life where I'm going to let Kyle shamelessly plug me, shamelessly gas me. Um, I usually make a little face like this while he's doing it. And internally, I'm like, gas me, gas me. <laughs> so I love it. Thank you very much, babe. Today, we are going to jump right into talking about the stories that we tell ourselves. The stories that we tell ourselves. So, I was reading this really, really, really great book that you should check out. It comes yes, out in babe. April. Yes. I, won't, I won't say the title. You just have to figure out what it is. Um, and in it, the uh, strangely attractive um, author <laughs> was talking about this idea that the stories that we tell ourselves are also the world that we live in. Yeah. And And what she was talking about was this idea that, like, the way that we work as human beings is that because it's safe, we take our experiences and we we crush it into a, a ball and we extract a truth. Yeah. And then we make that truth the story of our life. Yeah. And then we find reasons to validate why that story is true. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of talk about that idea. Yeah. When it comes to trauma, when it comes to trying to heal how do we investigate what a like how do we pull that truth out how do we access that sort of reality of telling the story about ourselves well i'm gonna backtrack a little bit because i feel like that implies a lot of knowledge <coughs> excuse me i feel like that implies a lot of knowledge so we need some award-winning therapist to help us understand it <laughs> i'm here we just happen to have one i um i think that we first have to remember that like stories shape the world Right. The stories that we tell our kids about ourselves, the stories we tell about our faith, the stories that we hear and that we ingest. Right. Everyone knows the story about how Amazon started in a garage. Right. Like stories really matter. I talk about brain to brain neurocoupling, which is like research by Yuri Hassan. I, like stories are central. Stories are central to the human experience. And so whether we are trying to make up a story or not, there is a story being told and there's a story that we're listening to, right? And we know that because of patterns. And we talked about that last time, right? Like when we engage in these patterns, we are responding to external stimuli. We're responding to things that happen or don't happen in a way where we can predict how we're going to respond or we've already planned how we're going to respond because we know how the story is going to end. Right. So it's like, you're not always aware of a story. So before we even talk about extracting a truth out of a story, 
I just want you to know that there's a story that you're living in. Either you're telling the story or someone's already told you the story and without your permission or awareness, you adopted it as truth, Mm. right? And so um, when I work with people, I often listen for like recurring language, right? Um, I always listen for where the always and never show up. No one ever blink. No one ever blink. Like, I'm always the person who has to, oh, okay. And there are different stories that apply to different situations. So, like, someone said, like, I'm always the friend who has to do this, right? Oh, okay, well, tell me the story of what it's like to be a friend for you. I feel like in every friend group, I'm the person who has to blah, 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 because I'm the only responsible one. Okay, so the story you tell yourself is that you are the only responsible person, right? And, like, that's the truth that's extracted out of these recurring situations, these recurring moments. The truth is I'm the only responsible one, okay? What does that mean for you and what does that mean for the people around you? It means that I'm always burdened and it means the people around me always benefit from my sacrifice, right? I just made that up at the top of my head, right? Yeah. And you shouldn't be able to like quickly maneuver and, and put all that together, but like that's a thing like we don't realize we're in stories so first let me start with this if you don't know what story you're constantly telling yourself I want you to ask yourself when you don't get what you want or when your feelings are hurt what is the automatic negative thought that comes up in your brain for me it's no one loves me like he broke up with me because no one loves me I'm unlovable, right? Mm. It was either it was one of those two. They're like interchangeable. Like, oh, he cheated on me because like I just can't be loved, right? Or like he treated me like crap and now he's amazing to her because I'm just not lovable, right? And it was like a automatic, did not have to think it through, did not have to conjure up any type of energy to like say it out loud. It would just automatically come out, right? Because the story to me was I'm unlovable, right? Mm. And so- Let's stop there for a second. When we find ourselves in situations over and over again, and we keep giving ourselves the same response over and over again about ourselves, especially when it's a negative one, that is the story we're living in. This matters because the story that we live in becomes the lens through which we see the world, right? So if I'm telling myself, I'm unlovable, no one loves me, what is the first thing based on the patterns and neurological pathways that my brain is going to default to when someone disappoints me. I'm unlovable. We begin to define other people's behavior based on what we've experienced in the past and based on what we feel because there's a story that our brain has been trained to try to validate. And so then, this is fascinating. So that might also put us in a situation where like, you talk about the friend. I'm the only person in my friend group who did, does this, or I'm always in this situation in my friend groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, that maybe that is actually just objectively true. Yeah. But it may also be that you've told yourself that truth. That's become your story. It's the world you live in. And so also when you seek out friendships, you seek out friendships that validate the story you're telling. Yes. It's kind of like how we all know that person who ends up dating the same guy over and with over a and different over again. name for <laughs> yeah. 20 years, right? Yeah. And or or we all know us. 
who finds herself in the same situation with different trappings. And it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes, like, the world brings stuff to you, and sometimes you're looking for your place in the world. Yes. And you find it. Because you always find it. That is exactly what it means for us to live in the stories that we tell ourselves, right? We tell ourselves when we're burdened, the story is often about how um, the world constantly treats us in a way that is defined by something like I am unlovable. But then also the Mm. reverse of that is we continuously seek out situations that make us feel unlovable because it's already what we believe about ourselves. I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And, and it's funny, like, we, we've talked about this um, in our relationship. Um, Kobe sort of found me at this place where I always felt like no one wanted anything from me except for, like, what I could do for them. Yeah. Um, and I always felt like it's my job to just, like, be there for people. Um. And I'm always going to find myself used up, but that's okay. The world doesn't care about how tired I am as long as they get what they need from me. Yeah. Right. And then also, so then I have this, this person come into my world who frustratingly, oh my gosh, disrupts the story I'm telling. Yeah. Cause I'm like, see here it happens again. Like I'm, I'm working 70 hour weeks. I'm doing this at the church. Yeah. I'm trying to be this for these people and no one cares about me. It's all me, but I just got to be quiet about it because no one, no one wants the real me to show up. They just want the me that's helpful to them. Yeah. Now, some of that's true. Like, yeah. some of that was real. But a lot of it was, like, I kept finding and volunteering myself yep. to be the savior in people's life and be used up. And, and then, then my wife came in and was like, hey, like, why do you do that? And I'm like, what do you mean do that? This is just, what are you talking about? And she's like, but you know you could say no. And I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's about? not what's in the script. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I I think that that is so important for us to understand because like one, there's a new story we can tell ourselves, but that's like farther down the line. But like I also say this because sometimes first let's talk about like just like the biology, the brain, all of like the psychological things. Our brain is going to continue because it loves patterns and it loves ease. Our brain is going to continue to operate within the patterns, the systems, the stories that not the ones that are most true, the ones that are most rehearsed. Not the stories that are most true, but the stories that are most rehearsed, right? And I think yeah. about this. Um, you already know this. Be kind, please. We'll see. <laughs> I had a friend. Um, it was probably one of the first times I had to like really end an adult friendship. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, two years ago, no, like a year and a half ago. I don't know. Either way, it was, it was a couple years ago, I think. But um, long story short, from the moment I became friends with, first of all, this person sought me out as a friend. Be kind. <laughs> this person Ain't sought me. water in here, but I'm going to drink it like it's something else. Keep going. This person sought me out as a friend. And within a couple weeks of being friends with, and I thought they were great, all the things, within a couple weeks, of of them seeking me out as a friend they used language that was like you remind me so much of this person you remind me so much of this person oh my god and it was the same person you remind me so much of this person you remind me so much of this person so one day I said like oh like tell me more about this person they're like oh actually I had like a really terrible falling out with them and you're almost like identical to this person 
Like you're the same age. You're like, you guys are in the same spaces. You guys have the same ambition. Like you guys are like oddly similar. And I had a really, really bad falling out with this person. And everything I did was viewed through the lens of this former friend. Like if I did something or said them something, it would be like, hey, I know exactly why you're doing that. You're doing that because A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'd be like, oh, actually, no, I was doing that because of this. And it would be like, no, I've seen this before. I mm. saw this in my other friend. I saw this in my other friend. I saw this in my other friend. And the friendship ended up getting to a place that was just like unhealthy. And I was just like, yeah, this is not working. And when I communicated like, hey, like I, I think that like this is a season where we just need to end our friendship like the response was like, you're a leech, you're a mooch, you're, you used me. But like this person forgot that they sought me out. For where's, my, where's my, ca- be kind. This person and forgot. And I know you watching cause you be creeping. Kyle, <laughs> this person, <laughs> this person forgot that they sought me out. Right. And like, as much as I could feel frustrated about this person, all the things at the end of the day, they were operating within the story that they had not yet come to peace with. When we don't, when we don't come to peace with the stories that wound us, we will keep reliving them over and over again with hopes that we can change the ending only to find ourselves running back into the pain we're running away from. Oh, that's a bar. Run that back. You can't, I can do it. That's, that was good. Kyle, you get too hype and it makes me nervous and I freeze. But like, <laughs> but like, like we have to come to peace with these stories so that we can move on and create new narratives that we can live within, right? And like this person had not come to peace with that narrative. And I realized I was not, I was not Koba. I was not myself in that relationship. Yeah. I was a proxy for the person they had unresolved relations, unresolved feelings toward. And they felt like this was their second chance at doing the things that they, lost an opportunity to do but with me except for i'm a real person mm-hmm. i'm not a bot <laughs> you know i'm not an i'm not like some ai yeah. thing like i'm an actual person but i realized i was a proxy for the unresolved pain and as much as that hurt i know i have done that to people yeah yeah. I know it's been like, oh, I have this friendship or this and this and that, but like this is my chance to redeem. Yeah, I got to retell this story, so come along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, it, it's almost like we use people to redeem the what ifs, right? But like the truth is we can't do that. We can't go back and we cannot use the people of our present to redeem the relationships of the past. They're not the same people, right? And that's why it matters for us to understand the stories we're in because for that person, the story that they expressed to me was like, people come into my life to use me, get ahead of me, and then leave me. That was like the story that she would say. And that was literally what she told me that I was doing. And it was like, no, like with all kindness, I didn't need you for whatever I'm doing. I was doing stuff before I met you, but like she would like, that's part of what happened. Like she was drawn to somebody who was, who was already doing something. And then in her head, the story she told herself is this person is here because I'm friends with them. Yeah. Right. And then when I like set boundaries and then for me, what was hard, you know, this, it was like this weird sense of ownership over my craft that I've been, I've been pouring into for years Mm -hmm. and then you meet somebody and they're acting like they made like oh i'm so glad that i helped you do blah blah blah. and it's like honey bun you weren't (laughs) with me when i was putting up shots like you weren't with me in the gym you know i've been doing this and and you know and this is not this is not a shot or a jab at them 
it truly is a reminder that like it is easy it is easy to live in the mm. stories of the past in the present if we find ourselves in the same situations over and over and over and over again we have to ask ourselves what was the first moment that reminded me of this and what is unresolved about that in my life that I keep replaying it now, right? I remember the first time my therapist literally said to me, you know you can say no, right? One of my therapists dragged me, okay? My first therapist who came here to Charlotte, when I came here to Charlotte, her name's Adrienne, she's amazing, incredible, but like she like grabbed my ponytail, wrapped around, dragged, okay? She literally said to me, she said, Kobe, I have been working with you for a certain amount of time and there's nothing about you that tells me that you could be manipulated by people so easily. Help me understand how you keep ending up in these situations. And this is after months of empathizing. So it really was, it was time for her to come. It was time for her to confront how I was a part of my own pain. Um, help me understand how you keep ending up in these situations. Because the language I was using was they did this to me. 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 And there was a version of me that felt like I wanted things to go my way, but without the price of having to set boundaries. I just wanted things to happen my way. And if people didn't do things that fit what I wanted, it's because they did something, they victimized me. Mm. When in reality, I allowed myself to be victimized because I didn't want to, I was a coward, right? Like, and not because I'm a bad person, but because of the trauma I've experienced. I've learned when you speak up and set your boundary, there's a hefty cost for it. I didn't want to pay the hefty cost because I didn't feel like I was worth that hefty cost. But I wanted the good thing, but not without doing the hard thing. You know, and so yeah. for us, we have to look at the stories that we are operating in. And, you know, I t you talked a little bit about the I believe statement. Mm -hmm. If the story that you're operating in is true, if you can make an I believe statement about yourself based on that story, what would it be? Right. So for this friend, the I believe statement would probably be, I believe I'm disposable. I believe I'm only as good as what I can offer to people. Yeah. Right. For me, it was um, I believe I don't matter to people. I believe let me think about that. I feel like there's something even like deeper than that. I believe no one loves me, even me. Right. Like no one's willing to stand up for myself and neither am I. You know, and so when we look at the, the moments that happen over and over and over again that validate these truth, the stories that we live in. First of all, the value of understanding that you're living in a story gives you the power to change it. Yeah. Because stories, they're formulaic. <coughs> right. So yep. like you find yourself in a story and you've lived it before. And sure enough is coming back around. Yeah. And so part of what we do in therapy and in healing and in addressing all of this is we, we disrupt the story. Yeah. We're okay. Hey, plot twist. <laughs> listen, like you do grown to act like this ain't like a plus B isn't going to equal C once yeah. again. Right. Yeah. So we're going to have to change either a or B. Um, and let's, let's get to it. And so part of what, like what I loved about what you get into the book about the, I believe statement, because we want to be resource heavy in the podcast, right? We want to give people, a chance to understand like not just oh there's something wrong with me but okay how do i 
get further yeah. towards the goal of healing. The reason why it's important to turn it into an I believe statement is because once you've condensed it to like, okay, this is what I believe about me, you'll probably find it's a lot easier to figure out when was the first time I felt that way. Yeah. Or what what was the most impactful moment? What is the moment where that that sentiment was communicated explicitly or implicitly? Yeah. What is the moment that like What's the that, flagship for yes. that I believe statement? There's a moment. Everyone has a moment when they <laughs> when you get down to it and I'm like, "Oh, I'm radioactive. I'm toxic." Right? Like that's part of if you've listened to previous episodes of our yeah. podcast, like I get into the idea that um being a part I was I was um uh abused by another young boy. So because of the ways that I saw myself as more mature than I actually was, as my little brother's big brother, as this almost, because I'm smart or something, that means I'm like an adult, even though I was only six or seven. Yeah. I viewed that situation as a situation that I enabled, mm. even though I was six and he was eight and neither of us really, like we're both acting out on traumas and things like that. But like I, i metabolize that as like i'm radioactive if you remove me from the story that eight-year-old doesn't have to be a, an abuser and my little brother doesn't have to be a victim now forget that i'm in the story at all as a victim but like that's what happens yeah and so like being able to take that flag that i believe statement and then point it back to a flagship then you get to go like back to where it all starts we yeah. all have a moment or series of moments <laughs> Whether it's the big T trauma, the acute trauma that we've talked about in last episode, or if it's um, chronic trauma, like pebbles and things, there's a point where the where the straw breaks the camel's back. Yeah. And when we can identify the point where the straw breaks the camel's back, we can also identify like a time before the, all that happened. Yeah. You know, like I remember talking to my therapist about like, like my self-esteem stuff that like I was really dealing with. And she was like, before people like made fun of you and bullied you for like being dark skinned, what did you believe about myself? And I, it was clear as day. This is not the case for everybody, but I was like, I used to think I was so beautiful. I know this sounds terrible. I used to literally stare in the mirror and be like, wow, I'm so pretty. <laughs> like I am so good. And then you go to an all white school where not only are you the only black person in your class, you're the only dark skinned person in your class. And you're the only African person in your class. And everybody, regardless of color is making fun of you. And I remember like, no joke, writing in my journal, as like an elementary schooler. Yes, I had a journal and a middle schooler, like, <laughs> writing why doesn't anyone else think i'm pretty like i think i'm pretty why does everyone else not and then like what that turned into as you know is there's something about me that i can't see everyone else sees the truth i'm the one that's delusional and tying back to the friendship kyle saw the red flags of that friendship from the very beginning Where's my but because but because my internal narrative was there's something about me that other people couldn't see when people rebuked me or spoke down on me I took it as well they have a clearer vision of me there's something they're trying to help me because there's something about myself that I can't see right that's showing up when I'm dang near 30 but that started in elementary school when I thought I was beautiful and I looked in the mirror and everyone else was calling me ugly 
you know? And so like the story I lived in was there's something bad and evil and ugly about me that everyone else has access to, but I'm just too close to see it. And what that did is it left me in places where I trusted other people with my identity. I trusted other people to be an authority on who I was and what I wasn't, what I was capable of and what I wasn't capable of. Right. And that led to like various forms of trauma because I let other people define me based on their stories. My yeah. story was dependent on what their story was. Well, I think, you know, as we end this, like reality is we have a story the story starts to tell itself and then it keeps telling itself, yeah. right? Like, you know, very often you don't have to do very much to keep it going because it becomes, to, to your point, it becomes the world you live in. It's Automatic. no longer a story. It's reality. Yeah. It's no longer someone sees me as ugly. It's I, I am, am ugly. Therefore, yeah. the world is operating normally. Yeah. Right. So it changes reality. It it's it's not like, oh, well, I have a warped view of what it means to be useful to someone because I was sexually abused. Yeah. No, it's it's my job to be useful to people. And when I don't feel good about that, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Right. Because it's the reality. It's the story that changes the world you live in. And so we wanted to talk about this because as you're trying to heal, right, you come out of the pandemic, and you know, there's something wrong. Mm hmm. You had too much time to sit with your own thoughts. Yeah. Now you know it's something right, and you're trying to figure it out. We, we're trying to give you as many tools as possible to begin to do the work yeah, um, and to really see it and, and also to operate as a bit of a testimony. Yeah. Like we have crazy stories. We, we can't even get into most of it. on it. If you go through all the seasons <laughs> and you hear all the stories we had, you'd probably dang. be like, are they lying? <laughs> no, really. How many bad things can happen to two people? And yet, like, God, using therapists, using his word, using yeah. community has, like, been knitting our hearts back together over the last 10 years. And so I never wanted to go to therapy. I thought it was stupid, and I thought therapists were stupid. I just thought there were people who were smart enough to graduate but not smart enough to do anything better. I had no – I was, like, anti. And then God <laughs> made me marry one, and I had to, like – well, she's smart and she's talented, but all the rest aren't. Yeah. So that was my narrative for like. And three I would years. be like, "Who do you think I'm learning from? I'm learning from other therapists." I'm like, "Well, so you just happen to be great. Sense. You're learning from a bunch of bombs, right?" <laughs> and, but in all of that, like, God has shown me that um, if you're willing to look, like, if you care about, I say it all the time, if you care about the truth more than you care about being right, you're gonna find God. Yeah. Wherever you know, somewhere in shape or form, you'll find God. And in the same way, like if you want to be healed, if you want to fall in love with yourself and you're intentional, you'll get there. Yeah. Right. It won't be easy. It definitely won't be quick, but it is certain you were made to be healed, not made to be broken. The world broke you. Yeah. Your natural state is something better than where you are. Yeah. And so as the circle comes back around to next week. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You see what I did there? Yeah, oh. I did. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, man. I, I was, I was I have throwing it up there. I, I thought you were going to it. I know. Okay, okay. So it, <laughs> that was a really good thank you. But I, I, I got one more thing I got to say. But also, part of the value of, of finding out, like, what your story is, is realizing that the only way to get out of the story is to act out of character. Like, we like to be like, oh, don't All right, act yeah, out yeah, of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You needed to don't say that one. You needed like, that one. Go ahead. But, like, you need to act out of character. 
like identify your role in the story uh, like look at what your character does in the story and act out of character like there's so many times I've done things that felt so awkward and so unnatural because it's just not what I would do in the natural story of how things went and it's funny how the plot twist becomes a new plot Mm-hmm. You know, those moments of me acting out of character and me deciding I was going to try on a new role became like me stepping into a version of myself that was more authentic. Yeah. So as and you, your community may not like it, right? Yeah, like I'm mean, the community in her life that didn't like it. People We've are married and she you. tried to change the plot up on me. And I'm like, bro, what is this? I yeah. didn't marry you. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to get on board. It's like, yeah. but I love our marriage more now yeah. than what we had before we're closer now like we're friends you know there, there's a role that she was playing that i wanted her to play yeah and probably the only thing that has created a healthy thriving marriage has been her courage to change the plot yeah yeah you guys remember the movie the story revolves around the main character so let the people around you shift and move as necessary at the end of the day the movie revolves around you and how you want to live your life. So if people leave, let them leave. If people leave, they were supposed to be gone. The people that come are supposed to be there. And sometimes they're there for a season. Sometimes they're there for a lifetime. Sometimes they're there for a lesson, <laughs> right? And so it's important for us to remember that the only way to break the cycle is to do something that feels completely and utterly unnatural to us. Amen. <laughs> that being said, <clears throat> until the circle cup, hold on. Outro. There's a book coming out in April. April 4th, 2023. <laughs> it just hit me. I don't know if it's Holy Spirit was that. I don't know. Something, something de- as the old black folks would say, something deep down in my knower is telling me about a book in April. You should, um, you know, pre-order it on Amazon. So there's that. Uh, or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. Really, if you're going to buy more than one copy, don't buy it on Amazon. If you make one order and you buy a bunch of copies on Amazon, it only counts as one order. Yeah, I mean, we, one book. We need get the numbers so up, y'all. If you want to you know. help me get the numbers up, then uh, get it from Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, all the other places. Thank you, baby. Um, the Healing Circle has two new therapists. Well, one new therapist and one just guy. Uh, you can guess who the guy is. The, the therapist is Maria. She's bilingual. She speaks English and Spanish. She provides services in both of those. She's phenomenal. She's amazing. Co um, get sessions with her. I believe Kobe is actually, never mind. I think she's opened up to her inner circle because, uh, hey, if you want to be on, you know, you want to be on the cutting edge of whatever Kobe is doing, you need to be in the inner circle. But I think she opened up some more Which slots is my for therapy group. to um, shameless plug for the Inner Circle uh, membership group. And am I missing anything else? Nope. Oh, um, I don't know at what point this will post. It may be Black History Month. If you want to do something nice for your boy for Black History Month, i.e. me, hey, I'll put the cash app in. You just like you just want to We actually seat. have a tip jar. I forgot that. We, we have, have a tip jar. jar. Oh, so if you bet. ever feel blessed by our work, then drop something in the tip jar. <laughs> all right, I think it'll you come out, you know, early February. So whatever. Every month is Black History Month. Okay. All right. Until the circle comes back around. Bye, you guys. <laughs> Bye. You're nuts. All right. Let me get these babies. We did.